Oh, kick that's them when the, kick them when they're down. down. Yeah. So that listen, we hear that every week, and it just gets us ready to do the show. And sometimes we even start with our closing number, which is exciting, <laughs> which is very a bell ring right bell off ring the top. Bell ring right off the top for Jason, our board operator. And that's why they call us. Down and dirty. Down and dirty. Yeah. If you're listening and you're joining us just now on WMNF 88.5 here in Tampa, I'm Mario Nunez. I'm seated alongside my broadcast partner. John Dingfelder. There he is. And we already introduced Jason Marlowe. He's, he's, he's behind the board. He's the guy that's making it all happen. The man behind the curtain. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Toto, leave that curtain alone. So if you'd like to join the conversation today, and boy, we've got a special guest in studio. We're mm-hmm. going to keep that close to the vest until we do the great reveal here in just a couple of minutes. But if, if you've been, you know, with your antenna as high as it can reach and your social media presences, you probably ferreted the answers out because we haven't been too secretive about it. We want you to be able to communicate with us today and join in the conversation. But as we do here on the show each week, we start off with something we call three things. Three things. But now today, because we have a special guest and we don't want to take too much guest. time... We're calling it two things. All right, two things. We're going to go around the horn. We start with age before beauty. Big John, what has gotten stuck in your craw this week? Oh, that is painful. And by the way, if and when you do want to call us, it's 813-239-9663. Or you can email us. Mario reads these emails at dj at wmnf.org. Or you can text us at 813-433-0885. All right, pet peeve number one. Very serious stuff. Um... We've been fighting this battle. It's gone up and down. Tampa Bay is losing its seagrasses, which is extremely important uh, to all the little fishies and critters and overall health of the, of the Bay Area. The We've had 16% overall loss across the entire Bay over the last year or two. And north of the causeway, 50% of the seagrasses north of the, of the Courtney Campbell Causeway have been lost this past year. They're trying to study it. They're doing stu- all sorts of studies. They real- Mostly it's about nitrogen and nutrients, uh, but they're trying to actually fingerprint and see what the exact sources of that is, and they're, they're really working hard on it. So that's my pet peeve. Seagrass is also important to prevent erosion during the storm season. Yep. And, um, and, and that nitrogen you're talking about, what's that coming from? Fertilizer. Fertilizer. Stop, uh, stop fertilizing your yard. Do what we do here at WMNF. Just have a zero scape outside your house, right? You don't got to mow it. You don't got to worry about watering it. You know, plant the succulents. Plant the stuff that grows in arid, dry conditions. We're going to get enough rain anyway. My my weeds in my yard really don't need any nitrogen. There you go. And weeds are good. So here's the, the mantra is if it's brown, pull it. If it's green, mow it. Moving on. Jason, what do you Jason, got? Jason, what do you got? So, I'm going to start off with uh, yesterday's council meeting. Uh, I was actually one of the people who was speaking about Tampa the... Tampa uh, City Council? Oh, yes, there indeed. are other councils. Yeah, there. but the, the, the Tampa is right, a special right. one close to it my is. heart. It is. And I'll say I was one of a number of people who were speaking about uh, the overusage of a TPD's helicopter, specifically in our neighborhoods. And I'll say uh, council uh, didn't quite rise to the challenge. We had a couple members of council who were willing to talk about the issue on behalf of neighbors, but I think it's important that we try to find ways to... You know, make sure that everybody gets to feel like they're not living in a police state. You don't need a helicopter hovering are they, over. Are they circling your backyard to see what's growing? It's possible. Okay. <laughs> very, very telling. I'm just going to say. So, okay, so my turn. I have heard them in our neighborhood, Jason. Mm-hmm. So, Every neighborhood. So I've got one that's a bad news, good news story. It's a pet peeve, but it turned into a wonderful, it's the, the swan, the goose, it's swan story. Okay, so 
Recently went to a restaurant, which I will name at this point, because why not? It's a good story. Jazzy's over there on Waters, right? Waters just next to the Veterans Expressway. Just don't Bit. give them a plug. No, no, no. No plug. No, no, here we go. Right. So I've been eating there for many, many times, many, many years. Uh, former Buccaneer owns the facility. So, you know, and I had a hankering. had a hankering for some barbecue. Pulled in there, ordered my lunch. My wife and I ate. Less than an exciting experience. It was really kind of disappointing. At that point, I said, you know what, man? I'm just not coming back here no more. This is too much. But then I thought, no. If I was the owner of this place, I'd want to know what was the disappointment. So I sent an email on social media. And do you know, this morning, 9 o'clock, I received a phone call from the owner saying, hey, what gives? We want to make this right. I said, do you? And are you who we think you are? former defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which he was. Okay. And then we got off on a conversation, fabulous conversation about an incident. So I did said, you have barbecue for breakfast? I didn't. Oh, okay. But, but I'm going to have it for lunch soon, and we're going to meet up there. And, and so the moral of the story is, listen, if you have a bad experience, don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Follow up. Give, the, give ownership, give management an opportunity to get it right. Constructive Because criticism. responsible ownership will go. always want to fix it. And then you, who knows, man, you may make a new friend for life. So Jazzy's good on you. Started out bad, ended up fabulous. Johnny, what you got? There we go. Um, okay, I'm going to get on the other side of the bed because we are a regional radio network. Yes, we are. Um, over in St. Petersburg, the fire chief is taking a lot of mm -hmm. heat. Uh, as a matter of fact, the city council, city commission chair over there has asked for his resignation or if not, uh, his termination. Um, there seems to be some, possibly some racial issues involved in that. Fire departments uh, across the country are known to be sort of the last one getting on board in terms of diversity and equity and, and all. So I don't have a specific opinion on that, but it is uh, interesting to note. And, uh, and I'm going to squeeze in a third one, even though I told you guys I wanted to do two. You got it. So anyway, the third, the third issue is the Tampa mayor has asked for a 16%. Uh, Mayor Jane Castor has asked for a 16% uh, hike in property taxes. Uh, I'm sure our guest might have something to say about that. Mm, that was a good sound. What is the mayor thinking? Well, time. Well, and council looks like she's got the votes uh, over there. So, uh, Ouchie. So it's not happening overnight. What It'll is happen that? What in is the that? next couple of weeks. And so if you have an opinion... Uh, Now's call, your time to vote. Call or write to the mayor. Show up. Or city council. City council has the final word on that. And you can do always public uh, comment, correct? Public, you can always show up. Public comment during budget. There you go. When's budget, Jason? I believe it's approved end of this month. I know they had their first, obviously, hearing with the mayor's presentation yesterday. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because my next beef You're on, is Jace. the budget. You're there on, you Jace. And I'll Hit say... I'm in support of the millage increase, I'll be honest. I do think we have, this is basically an all for transportation for ourselves. The county won't let us do it because the county has now been denied it twice. The but we have major care. transit issues but it goes that in, have to be But it goes into somewhere. the general fund, and a lot of that goes to TPD salaries. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think you have an argument Down to make dirty. about where we're allocating these funds, but I'll say in the end, if we're not finding ways to solve our transit issues, we're going to have even more compounded transit issues. So we have to start finding ways to no longer kick the can down the road. And And this is the start of it. So I applaud her for being willing to look tough at things. I'll say anecdotally, just to close up, I don't know if 16% of a millage increase to parks 
is the appropriate amount of allocation we need to be doing when we have lots of other issues. I love parks. I love green spaces as much as anybody, but we're also so Buck, Bob Mayor Buckhorn tried a even bigger tax increase, and that city council cut it in half. And they had the cojones to do it. This council can do anything they want to do when it comes to the budget. So let's see what kind of cojones they have. I think I think she has the votes, but I think that's because the needs are so dire that it's going to be very hard for people to say no to things that we do obviously need. It's hard to tell people like let your street flood. And I think what we should do here as a collective, the three of us, is make sure we get somebody on that council to come in and maybe Mm. talk to us about that in the coming weeks or week as in next week. So my last last one going away is – and I was going to give – Ron DeSantis, another shout out because I say each and every week on this show that he's in my crosshairs. But since I've only got two this week instead of three, my pet peeve this week has got to be I can't keep up with all the indictments. I can't keep up. Let me say it again with all the indictments. Who's getting indicted? Very frustrating. Who's getting indicted? Somebody with really bad hair. But, you know, and it's 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 a dumb it's an issue. I'm not making light of it because it is. We are living, you all know this, we're living history right now. This is the kind of stuff, you know, we we studied Dred Scott when we were in the seventh grade, Brown versus the Board of Education. They're going to be studying this for the next hundred years, provided we survive it. But, you know, Mario, we do have him in in the studio to rebut. is Is he present? Yeah, I think he's present. Is he here? I can't. I, he can't your, possibly. Your imitation. He can't. Oh, let me tell you something. Many, many people are saying that this is a witch hunt. They, I don't know where they found these witches. I just got to tell you. It's not my best. All it's right, not his best, but he gave I it a shot. Charlie. But he gave it a shot. So Maybe we'll get Guido in here. My, my, I do a better Charlie. My point, is, my point is we all need to be paying attention because this is living history. We're in the moment, that, and it's it, it can go either way, y'all. The, the, the polls are, are giving us... Giving me yeah. dread, giving me agita, but I, I, I believe in humanity. I believe that at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, but I'm going to use it right now. It's, it's apt that we will come out on the other side of this better, stronger, and, and perhaps so, even more dedicated to preserving our democracy. I, I Can told, we leave it there? I told my, my eight-year-old grandson we were talking about this, and I was telling How do you explain it to the kids? Well, you know, it, the, the very first indictment, we were going through it page by page. And he saw the pictures of the files on the floor in the bathroom and, and that sort of thing. But I told him, I, he said, that, you know, that guy needs to go to jail or something. And I said, nope. I said, in our society, innocent until proven guilty by a jury of his peers. And, you know, that's what we believe in. So now he's indicted. I'm not going to convict him until there's a trial. If you're taking an eight-year-old through an indictment, I'm calling Department of Child <laughs> Family Services immediately. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we, we will close this segment that we call Two Things Today. Um, let me go ahead and, and shift gears now a little bit and introduce um, a dear friend of mine, somebody who's very, very well known in Ybor City. Uh, if you've ever been to King Corona in the last 30 years, you've probably seen him tooling around. Um, we have a personal history. He's like a big brother to me, and I want to introduce him to you guys. Now I'm going to let him introduce himself as well. His name is Joe Howden, but there's also another alias that my dear friend goes by. Joey, good morning. Good morning, Mario. Yes, well, you know, the guy was so nice that he they named him twice. That's right. That's so, right. Are uh, we picking up his microphone good? Can we hear him good? Can you, I can, can, okay. can you hear me? All right. Yes. Here we go. I can DJ, 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 DJ Spaceship is wanting to get your attention, Jace. There we go. Yeah, I may need to tilt yeah. that microphone up. Uh, pull it up like mine. 
and then no, and then come across like so Here. it's more horizontal. Here, I'll, I'll get it. No, stay there. Stay right. Stay right there. Stay right there. There you go. Use that mic for a moment, Joe, if you don't mind. Okay, now can wow. we hear? Ah, very welcome, good. Welcome to the conference. Can you? Can we get that one? Can we get that one set up? Welcome to the conference, Joe. So yes. Please, good again. morning, Mario. Good morning, my yes. friend. Yes. Um, Joe Howden and known by my other friends as Joe King Carter, uh, and as I said earlier, the man so nice they named him twice. So there, there it is. is. So, Joe, you, you, you're here today because of the guest that's seated to your right. You are a Bradenton native. However, you came to Ybor City just as quickly as you could. You made it your home. You live on 6th mm -hmm. Avenue, which is right a block away from all of life as we know it on what 7th. Year, what year did you get here, would, Joe? Would you, uh, well, I, I started getting involved in Ybor City in the mid to late 80s. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you a two and a half minute rundown of the last forty years of my life, if you'd like. But go. Uh, maybe, I was an maybe artist. A one minute version. <laughs> I was an emerging artist uh, living in Hyde Park. Um, got involved in the Artist Alliance Gallery, which was next to Selena's. If anybody remembers that, mm -hmm. yep. we're going way back in time. Uh, and uh, Marty Hirons was one of the people behind that. In those days, the cultural centers of Tampa were USF, uh, Ebor City and South Tampa. There were some galleries in South Tampa, and there were people like Joan Genowine and others who were working on the arts. So uh, so before there were the Gobioffs and, and the Daryl Shaws and the uh, Vindicks and others, there were people who were supporting the arts. Uh, that Artist Alliance moved to Ybor City and became, uh, they changed their nonprofit status and became the Florida Center for Contemporary Art on uh, 8th Avenue, originally on 7th and on 8th. And I was working at the Tampa Museum uh, as a, uh, in the preparations exhibitions department. Uh, I started volunteering for the uh, Florida Center. And for three years, I was the exhibitions chair there. Uh, then uh, I met Sarah Romeo. Remember Sarah Romeo became state representative. Yes. Uh, Sarah and her husband, Walter, friends of mine, uh, opened a shop on 7th Avenue, and I, uh, they asked me to manage it for them. And it's in that moment in time that I really started to fall in love with Ybor City. And I s realized that I didn't want to go back to Hyde Park to sleep at night. I wanted to sleep in Ybor City. So I bought a house, and it changed my life in miraculous ways. I immediately realized that my neighbors were all marginalized individuals, mostly African-American elders, Cuban elders, Italian elders. They didn't know how to interact with the system, and Ybor City was changing. So uh, I founded the first neighborhood association. Uh, when I say I founded it, I wasn't alone in that effort. There were many who helped do that. But um, I went down and uh, signed the charter, so I'm, I get to be the founder. But uh, that sort of ejected me into local politics and community organizing. Uh, I started serving on the YCDC board. I started serving on, I've served on just about every board in Ybor City. I served on the Barrio Latino Commission, our preservation board, which I'm very proud to say I was chaired. I chaired that committee uh, two different occasions. And um, I sort of became this person in Ybor City. I'm also becoming an accidental historian while all that's happening. And uh, I helped my dear, beautiful friend Don Barco and his beautiful wife, Brenda Barco, create King Corona Cigars on 7th Avenue. Uh, and... Uh, once it seemed like the neighborhood was could stand on its own without me and other places, I 
uh, took a job outside of Ybor City as the art director for a major nonprofit here in Tampa that supports uh, individuals with disabilities, uh, intellectual and physical disabilities. I did that for about a dozen years. Uh, and uh, in 2020, I decided to make a lifestyle change. And so I quit my job and uh, sort of went back home to Ybor City. Uh, I conduct history tours there. I work for the Chamber of Commerce as a tourism counselor. And... Um, that's kind of where we are now. Now. And let me say, for the record, you conduct quite a mean uh, history tour, if, I'm, if I may oh, say you. that. Yes, yes I've attended that one. And your ghost history tours should are, not be painful. And your ghost tours are pretty awesome, yeah, too. Thank you. I, I, I try to make that uh, medicine go down with some really good sugar. No, but, uh, performing art is your thing, baby. Yeah, I'm just well, going to say it. Yeah, thank you. Um, in another life, who knows? But at any rate... Uh, now let's go back to the late 80s and uh, early, very early 90s. Sarah Romeo and I and Jill Wax and uh, Brad Cooper formed an organization. The acronym was YEAA, Y-E-A-A, which stood for en uh, Ebor Entertainment and Arts Association. And this was a way to try to bridge the gap between entertainment and retail and arts because Ebor City was transitioning. Uh, what David Audette and uh, Amy Espinosa called the lost colony of Ybor City, which is the great art community that was there in the 80s, was beginning to shift. And the city was making their decisions to try to turn Ybor City into an entertainment zone. And we sensed all that, so we started to meet. And in those meetings, one of the people involved in that was a young man, a little bit younger than me, who lived in uh, above the old King Greco hardware store, uh, on the uh, northeast corner of uh, 15th and uh, 8th. He was a student at USF. We met. Uh, I saw that we shared values. I saw that he was very supportive of historic preservation. And, you know, in my world, it's like in anybody else's world. If you love what I love, you're part of my tribe. So, uh, so we became friends. And... Um, he made that commitment by buying a building on 7th Avenue uh, at the, the uh, northwest corner of 17th and 7th. And um, one day that building collapsed or uh, became structurally weak. Part of the bricks fell out in the street. The building had to be erased. And that man who owned it was Daryl Shaw. And, Wait a uh, minute. Did you say Daryl Shaw? Yes, Daryl Shaw is the name of that individual. Uh -huh. And so... Um, he, uh, re they built a structure on that, on that property, uh, he and his family. Uh, I was on the barrio. I helped to prove that. Um, and Daryl was around a little bit, and then he sort of went away. And I thought, well, this makes sense because he got burned. Uh, I'll probably never see that guy again. Now, keep in mind, in my 30-plus, 30 35 years in Ybor City, I have seen many people who are very enthusiastic come and go. It's a hard, it's a hard challenge there. And so, um, uh, or it was then at least. And so I thought, well, I'll never see Daryl again. And that's unfortunate. And then a few years ago, I started reading about Daryl in the newspaper and I thought, well, this is interesting and uh, kind of caught up on his life. And then within the last couple of years, uh, we uh, reunited at a, uh, Daryl attended a as a speaker, guest speaker at a neighborhood association meeting, and I was uh, thrilled to talk with him. And since then, we've been talking, and uh, uh, I consider him a friend, and I support what he's doing in Ybor City. So, so you said you've been talking to him, correct? Yes. Isn't this a wonderful segue? 
Shall we talk to him we now? We should talk to him now, <laughs> and Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out, our very special guest today is Mr. Daryl Shaw, the man for whom Joe was uh, introducing to you, if not intentionally. Um, he was telling you a little bit about his background. Daryl, on behalf of the crew from Down and Dirty, thank you for taking your time to be here today. Uh, we know you don't do this too often. Thank you, Mario. Thanks for being here. So... You now can you can now tell us a little bit about what you feel about that fella sitting to your left. Of course, we know your history. We know where you've been with with all of the wonderful things that you did with your Blue Pearl Enterprise, with your brother, and now you've taken it upon yourself to become what I like to consider Mister uh, Vicente Martinez Ibor 2.0, because you know he started his enterprise in his late 60s, which is astonishing to think about. You've known Joe for a minute. What are your impressions of that fellow? Well, we had, a, we had a deal. If I was going to come onto the show, Joe was going to give me one of his King Howden mangoes. What? <laughs> oh, what? yes. Listen, I've got, an email. Special. I've got an email here. <laughs> How did you know? I've got, did you send this email? No. Because the emailer says, hey, ask Joe about his fruit tree. Well, now, well, now let's go ahead and talk go, about Joe, that. Go, Joe. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. No, no, no. Let's not spend time on my... I have, a, I have a mango tree that is a mutation, which means I got to name it. I'm not a botanist. But uh, through the uh, International Rare Fruit Tree Council, I actually got to legally name uh, my mango, which is called the Royal Howden de Ebor uh, mango. And so there it is. And where, just, are, where are they? I see no mangoes on the table. There. I'm sorry. That's such a well-timed comment. So, uh, so you must get together with Daryl and bring, yes. him, bring him oh, a mango. Oh, he's going to get a mango, believe me. So, so, Joe, you guys have now reacquainted yourselves. You're, yes. You're, you're attached somewhat at the hip because... Well, now I wouldn't say that. But. Well, okay, okay, but but I'll, but I'll go so We're far. We're not meeting daily. But. No, no, no. But I'll go, I'll go so far as to say that your interests and and Daryl's interests oh, definitely intersect, right? Yes. So you are, you know, and Daryl. What people might not appreciate about him or know is that he is a big fan of all things art, and and obviously he's been in Ebor since that long. Art and historic preservation, and he gets big that. Time. And uh, you know, we not we we're going to have to let Daryl talk some, but. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, my friends who know about that I might know him have said, well, wait a minute, you've been fighting with developers for 30 years in Ybor City, which is often typically the case. And why are you, uh, why are you so friendly with this guy? Well, it's not because we're old friends. I, I'm more than willing to call my friends out. It's because Daryl is doing what I think should be done in Ybor City, which is developing with a vision of what Ebor City can be. And uh, I said to Daryl one time that if I hit a billion dollar lotto tomorrow, Come on. I'd be doing just what Daryl is doing. So uh, what people have to appreciate is there's a huge difference between good development and bad development. And if you are in a helicopter over the interchange at I-4 and 275 and you see Ebor City, when you're on the street, it feels compressed. But when you're looking at it at a distance, it's mostly empty. And there is a lot of empty land left over, mostly from urban renewal. And that land is going to get developed eventually. It's going to either get developed well or it's going to get developed poorly. And my attitude is, let's make sure it's developed well. And I know what Daryl's vision is for that, which is almost uh, uh, mostly mixed use and a lot of residential and that's what Ebor City needs. All right, guys. If you're joining the conversation, if you're joining the conversation right now, be sure to call us at 813-239-9663. You can email us at 
dj at wmnf.org, or text us because a lot of people like to do that, just too busy to do anything else, 813-433-0885. I want to hear from Mr. Shaw now. Yeah, because, let's hear your vision, Darrell. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's I think, why you might be here today, Mr. Shaw. So everybody's leaning into their radios now. They want to know what's, what's around the next corner. It's a good question. So the, the vision starts at a very high level, and that is to see Ebor revitalize, to become once again one of America's great neighborhoods. And I've spent my time thinking through what are the ingredients to a great neighborhood, and then how do we effectuate those changes to get us there? And that, that really is the focus. And you think back to the way that Ebor was, where you get people from multiple cult- uh, countries, multiple cultures, working together, living together, working in the neighborhood, living in the neighborhood, getting their social services in the neighborhood, getting their entertainment in the neighborhood. Um, and that's, that's a community. That's a sense of community. And how do we bring that back? So that at a high level is, is the focus. Um, we, to get there, um, as Joe mentioned well, um, there's a lot of vacant land in Ebor. Uh, urban renewal took a lot of people out of the district. And so how do we bring people back to the district? We need people living there. Um, once you have people living there, what do they want? Ebor's urban. It's wonderful. Um, it's got a great grid sc- structure. It's gritty. It needs some green space. It needs some public parks. It needs some bikes and pedestrian paths to connect to other areas of the urban core so that you have these multiple interconnected neighborhoods. Uh, Ybor Ybor has become known as an entertainment district. That's a strategic advantage. It's also a disadvantage in that it's become too heavily weighted toward the late night. Um, And we... We don't see those daytime activities. We don't have the venues or the destinations that will bring people in during the day to come, to go to an art exhibit, to go to a museum, to go to an experience and then go get something to eat or something to drink and then stay there in the evening or stay there late. Um, It's just a little bit imbalanced. And so how do we think through the mix that is there? a number of establishments are only open a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Most of the time, they're closed. So when somebody comes to the district and they walk down the street, they say, this place is so cool, but what is there to do? Because the establishments are closed. So how do we think through that? Once, once that takes place, and I think the next, the next, um, the next step in, in, you know, in, in, in that evolution is restaurants. Um, restaurants, there are some wonderful restaurants in Ebor. You go to Columbia, you go to Barter House, you go to Acropolis. There's some wonderful places, but Ebor could use more. And we need more really good local restaurateurs to come into the district. We are talking with several now. They are literally on the fence. They're saying, I want to be in Ebor. I know I need to be in Ebor, but is now the right time. And as soon as we can get a few of those dominoes to fall, others will come, people will move to the district, people will come and visit. Once you get that increased foot traffic, retail will follow. 
So that, that's, that's the vision, and we're just trying to pull as many levers as we can as quickly as possible. I know there's so many people that are hanging on every word because Ebor to a certain uh, group of Tampeños, right, original Tampa natives that have been here when Mr. Ebor came in, know what a thriving community Ebor City once was. And I think a lot of us nostalgically uh, long for that to maybe once again be. Um, John, did you have something well, you'd so, like to add? So let's let's focus in on what your large project is. Okay, it's, uh, and I'll I'll try and lay it out a little bit, and you help me as you go. Um, so over there next to Nucio Parkway, which is sort of halfway between the core of Ebor and and downtown. Um, there's, there was how many acres? Was 30 it? to 40 acres of mixed use. 30, yeah, 30 to 40 acres that you acquired. Uh, it used to be the Tampa Park apartments, mostly. And, um, and that's, I think that's where your, your big project is. What I read, I, I think it was 4,500 units, ultimately, living units, dwelling units. And, uh, and also a mixed-use area, I guess, of commercial and, and, and other types of uses through there, which is all good. Um, I think it's all good. What I, my question is, I have a couple of questions about it, but my question is, is what makes that different from Armature or uh, Water, what do they call it, Water what? Street mm -hmm. yeah. or Channel Side or what have you, number one. Number two is, is the area we're really talking about, Ebor per se, um, you're going to plop 4,500 mostly middle class and upper middle class people uh, in that transitional area between Ebor and downtown. Um, it's not the core of Ebor per se, and that, you know, right. neither here nor there, but it, it's not, in my opinion. I used to teach over there. I used to teach at Booker T. Washington Booker T. For, yeah. for two years. And uh, so I'm very familiar with, with the area. I'm very familiar with... Uh, Tampa Park Apartments, uh, Central Park Village, which used to be there uh, across the street, uh, is now Encore. So that's another sort of mixed-use residential area that seems to me kind of similar to what you're doing. So why, why is what you're doing different, and why will it change Ebor, and will it change Ebor back to where it was with a lot of middle- and lower-income people, or will it just change it into armature? So... Um, so the develop good questions. Um, the development you're you're referencing is Gasworks, um, which we've started on. Um, I I view Gasworks not as a development destination. I think you referenced Water Street, Midtown, in and of itself. It is but one component of the revitalization of Ebor. I, I don't think we separate it out as a destination in and of its of itself. It's how does the, how does Gasworks help facilitate the growth of Ebor in totality? Um, Ebor, and, and uh, Joe referenced it again, if you're looking at Ebor, Ebor's 700 to 750 acres. Right now, people's perception of the district is a 10-block stretch of 7th mm -hmm. Avenue. Um, Ebor is so much more than that. Um, and, uh, and, and so there will be over time, if, if you take the areas bounded by the highway, um, and Ybor actually extends north of the highway. But if you took those areas bounded by the I-4 on the north, the Selman on, connector on the east, Selman on the south, and the 275 on the west, um, ultimately there are going to be multiple sub-neighborhoods within Ybor. You'll see single-family residential in the northeast quadrant, east of 22nd, north of 7th. Um, you're going to see 
hopefully an arts district south of 7th, right in the core. Um, you've got this entertainment district, food, beverage, um, retail, entertainment along 7th Avenue, multifamily for the most part um, on the southwest quadrant connecting Ebor to the central business district and Channel Side and, and Water Street. So, um, so Gasworks itself is, is, is intended to be a component of Ebor and help benefit the, the growth of Ebor. And uh, in, in terms of, um, in terms of uh, gas works and, and, and the build out, there will be, yes, four to 5,000 residences, um, mostly multifamily. Um, there will be some office component. There will be some local retail, but it, it'd probably be not much more than 100,000 square feet in totality at full build out. 100, 100, 100 plus thousand square feet because we we don't want to take away from the retail the main retail node, which is Seventh Avenue. So it'll it'll have some local you know some local food and beverage, maybe a gym, maybe a place to get your nails done or your haircut. Uh, but Seventh Avenue is the main retail node, the main promenade where it, it had always been, right? Yes. Jason, so, did you have a question? Yeah, so I'll say this. So, I mean, obviously, listen, everybody knows places change, places evolve. That's sort of the nature of things. I would say there is a sense of Ebor that people do want Ebor to stay weird, I guess, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And I guess I, the question I would ask is how do you ensure that while, you know, rates of rents are going to be going up, obviously, how do you ensure yeah. that places like, I mean, Crowbar, for example, uh, Tom George has already said that he will be leaving when the lease ends, I believe, in 2026. How do we make sure that we still have local restaurants, local venues that get to remain? The institutions in so many in Ebor, we saw Boneyard, we've lost, we lost Tropicana several years ago. Some of these places that are in Ebor that have helped make that place what it is. How do we preserve that while developing and allowing it to evolve? It's a great question. And I I think it comes with intentionality, just being thoughtful. I'm very conscious of that. And we're not looking to bring chains in to the district. Um, We want, look, I mentioned good local restaurateurs. Um, and so, yes, is there a place for live music? We really want to keep and maintain live, mu- live music. Tom does a wonderful job. Mm. Rich McIntyre is redeveloping uh, 1920, the old Frankie's patio. And he's looking to bring, he's working with the, the GMF folks to bring live music back into Ebor. That's an important component of it. But yeah, keep Ebor weird. Keep Austin weird. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, yeah. I, I absolutely concur. It is that rich diversity um, of individuals, of businesses, of venues to go to that make you more special. Shout out to shout out to Rich Mac McIntyre too for his contributions as well. Uh, let me just real quick address this because I have this unusual cat bird seed long view of Ebor City. I mean, Richard Gonsmart, Jill Wax, and about four people have been there longer than I have. Everybody has their Ebor City. I've come to realize this. If you were a kid that went down there in the late 90s and you were a goth kid and you went to the castle, that's your Ebor city. If you are somebody who's today in your 80s and your Italian grandparents were, uh, had a restaurant in Ebor city and you went down there as a kid, that's your Ebor city. If you're a cigar smoker and you love the idea of sitting on a cafe street and smoking cigars, that's your Ebor city. And guess what? We all have an Ebor city. And none of them are the same. And the problem is people don't want to give that up. People, uh, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said to me, well, it'll never be what it used to be, 
It'll never be what it once was. Well, guess what? No, it won't. Because nothing is what it once was. My knees and my joints are not what they once <laughs> here, was. Here, 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 uh, here. Change is the inevitable part of living in this dimension. So here's what I, here's my feeling about it. Ybor City, when you're on I-4 coming into uh, the interchange, the sign you see says Federal Landmark Historic District. That's what Ybor City is by law. That's what the world sees it as. Entertainment District. Rarely you'll see me use those words. Uh, artistic district, when I went there, it was a bohemian mecca of, of weird shops. Daryl remembers that well. And it was rich, by the way. Um, but you know what? Those guys got uh, pushed out because of all the nightclubs and bars that came in. It made it hard. It made it hard for retail to come in. And so, you know, I can't really string, I can't really play a large violin for anybody who has some degree of butthurt about, about a, what is happening term. in Ybor City. Because, because in truth, uh, Ybor City is always going to be changing. And it's always going to be something different. Again, going back to my original premise, you can only hope, in my personal opinion, that uh -huh. somebody comes along with the capital and the vision to make it something a little bit better. But it, will, it, 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 it organically was a mixed-use district in its beginnings, and it should be a mixed-use district. Uh, if you use a chair as a ladder, you're bound to have problems. Ladders are to be ladders and chairs are to be chairs. This is kind of the way life works. And this constant desire on the part of the city to turn Ybor City into something it is not has always been a problem, really coming from the city, not coming from developers like Daryl or other people that are trying to do things in Ybor City. So, uh, so that's my take is that you can't you can't break eggs there without somebody getting a little bit uh, uh, ruffled. Their feelings ruffled. Have their so, feathers ruffled. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it uh, at the risk of uh, saying it out loud. That that was radio gold, my yeah, friend. You were great. That's that was radio. I'm sorry gold. about your knees. So yeah, and my back, and you know John's hair. Whatever we can go all we can go all around the table oh, with this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, listen, I'm down and dirty. I'm not. Listen, have you seen the top of my head lately? Yes. But my point is this: we're all hoping. We're all hoping that Daryl is that. That guy, right? I mean, we're all hoping that his leadership will take us to where we all hope we can go, right? We can go. And, and you know, Daryl, you... I, Absolutely. I, and Mario, yes, allow sir. me real quick. Please. When, when Vicente Martinez Ibor came there in 1885, he was a developer. He and Ignacio Haya and Eduardo Manara, these were developers. M Manara, but and that's the okay. alligators that lived there didn't want to see that happen. No. Uh, and that's really what it boils down to is uh, I had to go through my own personal uh, metamorphosis to realize, oh, yeah, develop all developers are not evil. Some of them are good people. And so this is what I think is happening. Had it is not been for Mr. Ebor so and his intentions okay. to develop Ebor City, yes. we're not even uh, having this discussion all right, right, all right. now. To the love, I need to put a little water on the love fest. Come on. Second, okay? Come on. So, Joe, you give history tours. Part yes. Of a big yes. part of the Ebor history was the fact that workers lived nearby. They lived there. They lived nearby because they had work there. They had the they Absolutely. had their little bodegas, uh, their their little casitas, and et cetera, and and they lived there. Yes. Um, most recently at Tampa Park Apartments, okay, there were a lot of working class people. Again, I taught their children, 
right there at Booker T. Washington, but there are a lot of children, uh, families, working class families that live there. 350 families uh, were were eliminated. And, not, and this is not John Dingfelder talking. This is, this is a lot of people in the community. Uh, back in January of 22, when Daryl first came to city council, and I was on city council at the time, uh, the the uh, St. Pete Times or the Tampa Bay Times said, quote, the housing complex was one of the last places close to downtown Tampa with rents low enough for low-income families, seniors, and people on disability benefits. And, and Daryl, I will recognize and compliment you on the fact that you and your partners out of 4,500 units, what I read was you're building 350 units of affordable or work, workforce housing, and that's, that's good. Uh, it's only 7% by my calculations at midnight last night. Um, so a lot of people would call this gentrification. It's not my word, but I think it clearly could be described as gentrification. Um, you know, I, I know you've probably given this a lot of thought, a lot of discussion, and you have an opportunity to speak to it right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to. So um, I completely agree with you. It's oh, and by the way, I wanted to compliment you on one other thing. And I know you wouldn't say it yourself. Uh, when these people were getting tossed out of Tampa Park Apartments uh, by, the, by the owners of the building, not by Daryl, he contributed $800,000 or about $1,500 per family to relocate those people. And I compliment you on You're that. Here. You're but, here. But that's a short-term solution. You know, the, these, it's sort of a diaspora when these, when these large complexes get closed down. That's a community in itself that gets tossed around and spread out across the county. Yeah. And I run into some of these people, you know, and they had families and they had neighbors and they had this and that. And pretty soon they're spread out all over the county or multiple counties because they can't afford to live close to downtown anymore. Um, so anyway, gentrification, what's your, what's your response? Sorry okay. to interrupt. So, yeah, so the Tampa Park apartments had reached their useful life. They were no, the, the buildings yeah. were no longer in physical condition for people to really inhabit them. Um, and so keeping them was not really a, a choice. Um, and I purchased the property. It was for sale and I purchased it and went through a very thoughtful process on making sure that the individuals who were there had a place to live. We had Lady Tori Boyd. She did an amazing job. She and her team were on site every day for months and months working with each individual. We facilitated their move. We helped them with with the transition. The, the bigger question um, is a really important one, and it's one that we're facing in Tampa, we're facing around the country, and that is affordability of housing. Um, and there, it's a complex answer. I, there's no like easy, quick solution. Um, I think it's really important to have housing in a geography where if we want to realize the dream in Ebor, people can walk to work, right? Yep. Or at least at a minimum, take transit to work. So there's, there's certainly the transit component. Um, we, cars are incredibly expensive. I mean, you're at, what, eight, ten thousand $10,000 a year by the time you pay for your car, you pay for your gas, you pay for your insurance, you pay for your maintenance. Parking. And, and pay you for your parking. So <coughs> having, having the right 
mobility options is really important. And I'm a strong believer in that. Um, and uh, I, I know that effort is ongoing here in Tampa. Um, having affordable housing in the area is really important. Um, where's, yeah. it, where's it going to go? So, I mean, I mean the, the 7% that you're doing in, on this Gasworks project, clearly uh, you're not going to bring those families back uh, by, you know, by, by any stretch of the imagination because by the time you get done, it's going to be 10 or 15 years later. Um, so, you know, you guys have mentioned a lot of open space in Ybor City. Are you and your partners looking at some of that open space specifically for, you know, some affordable housing we, complexes? There's a lot of grants out there from the state, a lot of tax benefits, et cetera. Is that part of the pro- part of the program? We are, yes. So we've got a um, a property on Third Avenue, um, and we we haven't quite talked about you know more about the arts, but it's a, and it's a property that. Um, we are donating to ArtSpace, which is a 501c3 out of Minneapolis, um, and they are looking to build 75 affordable uh, units, ta- tax credit-based, um, with preference given to artists who are, um, m- many of them are in, will, will qualify for tax credit housing at 60% of AMI. So yes, so like right there in the core of Ybor, we're, we're looking to, to add housing. I've got a, a question here from um, an email that came in. <clears throat> and then remind me on the backside of this that we just, I, I cannot let you possibly leave this studio today without talking a little, without no, talking I, a little I Tampa knew, Bay race. I, I, mean, I knew the stadium Well, was I mean, because there are people. I was going to bring wait it up. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. wait. Okay, okay. Because there are people right now screaming at their radio going, are you going to ask him? Are you going to ask him? We got to ask him. But first, let me read this email. It says, uh, one of the core things that made Ebor great and unique are the were the mutual aid societies are the mutual aid societies. Many of them struggle today to maintain their historic building and community functions. Have you made any financial commitments to help the aging and historic societies to help keep Ebor Ebor? And I, and I want to say that because <laughs> as a person who's uh, you know antecedents you know, thrived in that time and, mm-hmm. and still somebody who loves to frequent those beautiful old buildings. Mm-hmm. And we know how you feel about preservation. We know it's, it's, it's part of your DNA. Obviously, when you came to Ebor, you decided to stay. Answer that email and then let's talk baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yes. So have had um, active involvement with, uh, with the Italian club. I'm a member of the Italian club. Um, I participate in events um, and have made contributions there. Um, I have worked on a number of fronts closely with Patrick Montega and made contributions the Cuban there. Club, sure. Yes, been to events there, um, and have of late, have recently, have actually have had active dialogue with Centro Asturiano. I think all three clubs are facing the same challenge. They've I'm got sure. these amazing facilities, uh, which were the center of people's life. Right? They got. They're, they're, they're in a table there, they have food there, they got their health insurance through the clubs. So the, it's, it, it's a wonderful question. First and foremost, you have to preserve the buildings, right? The Thank edifices. Is, but more importantly, what is the content? How do we breathe life back into those clubs so they are once again centers of activity? And there's not an easy answer, but it is something that actively, proactively ask the question and brainstorm, how do we do that? How, how, how do we help return those clubs to become thriving centers of our community? 
And because we all, I think we benefit when they're thriving, Ybor City thrives. I mean, at least that's been the history yes. that, that has shown us. And with just so, f- so I, for one, going to, go the, going to the Rays Stadium, um, I, for one, thought it was a really neat idea to, to try and put the stadium down on the south end, not right on 7th Avenue, and everybody was freaking out, but down on the south end toward 2nd or 3rd, uh, down toward Highway 60. And I thought it would in, inject a lot of life uh, in, into the district uh, in a variety of ways. Uh, that was just my personal opinion. I was ready to support it on council. But then it all sort of vaporized. So where is it now and what was your role in it and what's your future role in it? Well, I would like to see baseball in Tampa. I, I would, let me rephrase that. Do you like For, baseball, Daryl? Let's start I, there. I do, that's, I do that's like the, baseball. We have yes. to, he was we, born in South Africa, so yeah. I don't know. He probably likes, he likes cricket, 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 my man, cricket. Um, so first and foremost, it's imperative that baseball stays in the Tampa Bay area. Thank you. Right? I, I think that that is... That we is, can all agree. Yes. Yeah. It, it needs to stay in Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Um, whether baseball ends up in St. Pete or ends up in Tampa, um, I think the Tampa Bay area is okay. Personally, would I love to see baseball in, in Tampa, in the urban core? Yes, I would. And I've worked hard to uh, work with the Rays, work with the city and the county to try to facilitate, facilitate a way to achieve that. If it doesn't, if they don't end up in Tampa, it is okay. I'm, the urban core is growing and thriving. Ybor City will grow and thrive independent of that. So it's not essential that baseball comes. But would I love to see it? Yes. The population is here. They'll get more people to the games. Um, I think everybody acknowledges that. Um, and so, yes. And I, I think a lot of us it. feel like, you know, we've we've been doing the St. Pete thing for a hot minute. So... You know, could we try the Tampa thing for a hot minute? And I have a personal uh, uh, plea to to my new best friend Daryl Shaw. If 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 the opportunity avails itself, please sit with me on the Tampa Native Show so we can further this conversation a little more. But even more importantly, you know, I've traveled a little bit in my previous profession. I traveled a little bit, and when I was in London, I was hard by the TV watching a cricket match and I you know and no matter how hard I tried to learn the sport it was very difficult I get it I know I got it I sticky wicked I understand everything but here's my point my point is I would love to sit with you over a cafe con leche and have you really give me the insider's look at that fabulous game which oh by the way we have a community here that goes to the parks on Sundays and plays cricket if you've ever seen them it's fascinating to watch them play but Daryl the open the invitation is open Thank whenever you, you would like to come by Thank and you. speak with us Jason so, yeah so I have one last so like, I mean obviously listen there's a lot of challenges that are facing Ebor but I, I wanted to ask you so like what is the single greatest challenge that you're experiencing over the course of trying to tie all these knots together make all these things happen put a bow on it I mean obviously you know whether it be permitting or city issues or political issues or financials what are you finding the single greatest challenge to you achieving <laughs> C- your vision city bureaucracy is that yeah it? I'm sure that's on the list um, <laughs> time 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 um, you want things to move quickly, and they never move quickly enough, right? This is an evolution. And so if you, if you look at Ebor today and you compare it to where it was several years ago, yes, there is definitely change. It will take time to change. Um, I think we're four to five years out from seeing a fairly material transformation. Somebody leaves and comes back in four or five years, and I think it's going to take a decade or two, um, no, two decades 
uh, before you're really kind of beginning to fully realize the vision. So you're planting an orchard and not a garden. These these are trees and not perennials. Yes. And, yes. and that's not a and that's yes. not a, a a stretch of the imagination because if we think about it, the time which you know I, I try to explain this to people all the time. You know this the sun is is traversing the sky at the same rate of speed all day long, but because it's traversing such an expanse, we have nothing to judge it against until you get to the beach and you see that sun drop out of the sky at, mm. on the horizon. Then you realize, man, that went fast. Well, it is going fast. Yeah, and it's going- Except it's five degrees hotter. It's going faster and faster. We can't let you get out of here, Daryl. I, I feel compelled to ask also, is there anything that- a, we haven't asked you, or, or even more importantly, is there anything that you would like to say to a, a vast listening community that may, they may not know about how you? Do you, and how, do you how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, you know, or just or how, how, how do they want to, to know you now? Um, what, what do they know? What should we know about you besides you had a, a life committed to caring for animals? You're a soft-spoken gentleman, and we love you, and we love your energy and your effort. What else? Could thank we, you, Mario. Of course. It's, it's not about me. Um, it's about the community and how can we work together to, you know, to... Ybor is iconic. It's iconic for not only Ybor, for Tampa, for Tampa Bay. You ask anybody about Tampa, you know, they mention Ybor City. How do we together create a diverse, growing, thriving community? That's 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 yeah, a, that's the show a, about a best way to end the show. <laughs> I can Joe get fantastic. the mic one more time so yeah. we can ask you as well. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? We've got uh, just, just one thing. That I, just one thing I'd like to say is that I view Ebor uh, City as a resource. It's our historical resource. And uh, earlier, John was talking about the bay, nitrogens in uh, Tampa Bay and pollution. Uh, that's a natural resource. Ebor City is a historic resource. And so just as we have to take care of the Hillsborough River, we need to take care of Ybor City. And the way I see Daryl is that uh, he's a guy who's trying to build things on the river without polluting the river. And that's kind of where we are. I get that sense of Daryl as well. And I think everybody who's been listening today comes away with that impression also. We are in support of all things Daryl Shaw. So you've got a friend here at WMNF. Anytime you want to come on here and Thank speak you, to Mark. us, Daryl. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Let me just say, <clears throat> with a little frog in my throat, on behalf of my broadcast partner, John Dingfelder, sitting right here practicing his sailor's knots. You can't see him, but he's doing a great job of it. Our engineer, Jason Marlowe. Our phone screener today. Thank you so much for being there with us. We like to say, I'm Mario Nunez wishing you salute and happy days. We'll be on the lookout for you next week. Stay tuned now for The Skinny with Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery, and Mitch Perry. Have a nice weekend, everybody. And, be if, you kind. Don't, and if you don't start calling us, we're going to call you. Be kind to each other. We love you all. Salute. Have a good weekend. Salute.